You're listening to Get Woke Wellington, brought to you by the National Council of Women's Wellington branch. Call Prudence Tokuengua. Call Harita Tokuengua. Call Lily Tokuengua. Call Aisha Tokuengua. We're NCW branch members and your Get Woke Wellington hosts. This show allows the National Council of Women to support and inform what us Welly women want in our communities. We also want to raise awareness about the National Council of Women's activities and encourage your membership. You can visit our website or follow us on Facebook and Instagram to find out more. We are here with Lizzie, who is the curator of the exhibition on surrealist art at Te Papa, which has just closed. Even if you didn't see it, though, there'll be some interesting stuff here for you to listen to. So hi, Lizzie. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. Um, so I guess the first thing we just want to talk about is women in surrealism. Obviously, women in art as a whole, it's a really difficult industry for women to get into, as many things are. So what are your thoughts on that? And what are some of the things that you and Tapapa did in order to kind of spotlight women in the exhibition? Sure. Well, um, women in surrealism is a really interesting, complicated subject, because one of the things that I was fascinated with when I was doing work on the exhibition is the fact that women were actually, there were more women as active participants in the surrealist movement than any other contemporary oh. art movement of the early part of the 20th century. Right. So there were a lot of women who were surrealists and they were involved in surrealism in really, really disparate ways. So um, there were lots of artists, sculptors and painters, poets, writers, filmmakers, but also a lot of women who were more kind of behind the scenes, I guess. So one particularly mm-hmm. fascinating woman is... Um, a woman called Simone Breton, who was married to André Breton, who was oh, the right. kind of founder of surrealism. Yeah. Um, and Simone um, was, she was almost like an administrator of surrealism. So she kept, um, she sold a lot of surrealist work. She was a dealer, but she also um, managed their office. They set up this office of surrealist oh, research right. in Paris in the 1924, and she she kind of ran that. So there are all of these very influential women who don't necessarily have a public profile, but um, were core to what was happening in the surrealist movement. Um, as a counter to that, surrealist women have often been forgotten or erased from the histories that we tell about the movement. Um, and there are lots of different sides to that erasure. Um, one of them is that a lot of surrealist women were in relationships with surrealist men. Right. Um, and so there's been this very typical thing which happens a lot throughout art history where the men are remembered and not their mm. partners. Yeah. Um, but also surrealism had some very strange attitudes to women and their bodies, mm. um, and there's a very strong thread running through surrealism which is about um women as a kind of site of creative inspiration for male genius right so there's a very problematic um way in which surrealist women are often reduced to the inspiration that they provide to men um so yeah we wanted to in in thinking about how we talk about women in the surrealist art exhibition and um, my co-curator else and I wanted to we were very conscious that we wanted the women to be quite visible yeah and we wanted to draw attention to some of the very difficult aspects of men and their kind of 
attitudes to women's bodies. Yeah. Um, but we also wanted to celebrate the women for their own work. So Absolutely. sort of not yeah. cross those two things over. Mm. Um, and one of the big challenges in doing that was that the exhibition doesn't have a lot of work in it by women artists. Yeah. Um, which is very typical of art, big art collections. Yeah. They yeah. always have far yeah. fewer women yeah. than men. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, particularly with surrealist collections, they tend to have a lot fewer women. So there are um, nine works by women artists in the Surrealist Art Exhibition. Right. They were all acquired in the last 15 years. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> you can see that the Bourbons yeah. is trying to <laughs> change what yeah. they collect, but mm. um, that's a slow still process. Still working on it, yeah. yeah. There's still a long way to go. Yeah. Um, and what we so what we did with those women is that we tried to give them quite a lot of prominence in the exhibition hang. So yeah. And you, I think I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, you, you, when you come into the first gallery, the first work that you see is by this wonderful British Mexican artist called Leonora Carrington. Yes. Um, and it is probably my favourite work in the show, but definitely everyone will look at it because it's the first yeah. thing they yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking there at all about her as a woman necessarily, but we're just yeah, she's just celebrating her prominent. as an artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, we then have a couple of um, walls which are dedicated to yeah. a particular woman, where we have a kind of big group of their works, and the gallery that they're in sort of hangs off those works. Yeah. Um, and then we also tried to introduce some. Um, we tried to introduce women in other ways, not necessarily through the collection of artworks. So um, throughout the exhibition, there are places where we've reproduced photos of surrealists and we tried to include photos with women in them as much yeah. as possible to give a sense of them being there. Um, and then we also added in a film. Um, there's a room in the exhibition which is all about um, sex and desire and the, because for the surrealists, sex was a very important way of kind of protesting against the conservatism of the society that they lived in by having yeah. like shockingly open attitudes to sex. Yeah. But also um, they saw sex as a way of kind of tapping into a freer, more um, kind of responsive, intuitive self, which was quite an important part of surrealism, this idea that you'd sort of escape your restrictive worldview and allow marvellous unknown things to come in instead and so yeah. kind of sex and desire was a way in which they tried to do that um so this gallery looks at all those ideas and we have it has some works in it that are quite disturbing in terms of their attitude to women and women's bodies yeah and I wanted to counter that with a um, wonderful film which is made by a um early um, feminist filmmaker called Germaine Dulac. Um, the film was made in 1927. It's called The Seashell and the Clergyman. And it's very um, kind of, <laughs> it's very funny, but it's also very strong in its resistance to the patriarchal structures of French society in the 20s and also particularly to the Catholic Church and the patriarchy of the Catholic Church. Yeah. So there were kind of ways that we tried to bring in other ways of looking at surrealism mm. from a feminist point of view rather yeah. than just um, definitely the standard story. Yeah. I mean, what you were saying before about the way women are definitely viewed within art through this lens of their bodies and what it can bring, and I think they they talk about it throughout the exhibition or there's one artist who has a thing talking about it, about how women are often seen as muses mostly and they're kind of confine, confined to that role. So what do you think about how surrealism helped them to break out of that kind of role 
and how they were still kept within it throughout surrealism, whether they were more or less so. Yeah, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that's... Um, what, one of the things that's really interesting about surrealism is that it often allowed women to play with um, their kind of femininity and their bodies and what all of that meant. Um, So one of my favourite examples of that is an Italian fashion designer called Elsa Schiaparelli Mm -hmm. who um, set up her studio in Paris in the late 20s and started to make all of these um, designs that were very... um, provocatively kind of dismantling the wearer's body. Um, And she ended up becoming quite good friends with a lot of surrealist artists and collaborating with them on some of her collections. Um, My favourite of her collections is um, one that she did in 1936 with Salvador Dali. And it has um, a dress in it called the Skeleton Dress, which is this um, very chic black evening gown cut on the bias so it's very fitted to the body and then um Schiaparelli has um applicate onto it a padded human skeleton uh-huh. so there's this kind of sense of um taking the kind of perfect sexy society body and then turning it into something that's a bit disturbing or a yeah. bit kind of unexpectedly gross yeah um and she did a lot of that kind of work that um takes prettiness and makes it something quite violent or something quite unexpected um and I think that that way of kind of playing with your what is expected of you as a woman was something that um a lot of artists were also interested in um people like Lee the photographer Lee Miller who did some um amazing self-portraiture which really played with her beauty and her sense of her own identity as a woman um also a, an artist whose work we don't have in the show but who I love um called Claude Cahoon who um played a lot with um gender so um present um presented themselves as a man and as a woman and you know kind of subverted that sense of two genders that have specific identities and because surrealism was so much about um, questioning our kind of received notions of the world and our questioning the status quo Mm. gender could also be a a kind of fluid area within surrealism yeah and so art has kind of consistently been a reflection of the world around us, the political climate, the social climate of the world that people are living in. So how do you think women in surrealism and just surrealism in general kind of reflects that social state for women of the time that it was like thriving in? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's um, interesting is a lot of surre- a lot of surrealists. Oops, sorry, I'm gonna... That's okay. <coughs> Um, a lot of surrealists lived um, kind of, I guess, what you would call in the 60s radical free love. <laughs> so that's their sense if they had, um, they're constantly having affairs with each other, um, having like threesomes, yeah. um, <laughs> living very socially unconventional lives. And I yeah. think for both men and women, it was very freeing to say, we're not going to obey social rules about marriage or you know who you have sex with we're just gonna throw that all up in the air yeah um so I think that was a um 
a protest against the society that they were living in and something that could be very um, a relief, I guess, yeah. <laughs> a way of escaping a very conservative society. Mm. Um, I think a lot of the women artists, one of the things that's interesting when you look at their biographies is that for them, um, being an artist was often a way of escaping a very conservative family. So um, Leonora Carrington is a particularly shocking example of that. Um, she was born to a wealthy family of British textile manufacturers and had this childhood of, um, you know, finishing schools and very conservative boarding schools. And then at the age of 19, she um, ran away to Paris with her much older lover, Max Ernst, who was a mm. German surrealist artist. Um, and they kind of set up together in France and lived together for about three years until the start of the Second World War. And then when the Second World War started, um, Ernst was put into a um, camp because he was an enemy alien in France because he was German. Right. And Carrington had to flee out of France. And there's this terrible episode where her family are kind of pursuing her through Europe, trying to bring her back to Britain and have her put into a psychiatric institution. Right. So really actively trying to kind of yeah. reel her in yeah. um, from this life that she's created for herself where yeah. she's free of them. Um, and she she does kind of, she sort of has to escape them. Like she mm. double crosses them in a taxi and kind of manages <laughs> right. to get away and um, finds a friend um, who is a um, Mexican diplomat who agrees to marry her so that she can yeah. get away wow. and yeah. they can't stop her from leaving. Yeah. So, you know, there there is often quite a real sense in which by being an artist, these women are able to escape yeah. the, the constrictions of their lives yeah. and imagine a very different existence. Mm. Yeah. So the, the times that surrealism was really at its peak was very much around first, second wave feminism. It was definitely women kind of beginning to realise their worth and, you know, necessity to become more of their own people. And I suppose it's similar to that idea of art reflecting the social climate of the time, but do you think that... Because art continuously mimics itself and elements of certain things live on so in the context of more modern feminism and just modern day how do you think that kind of context of fighting back against the status quo of that culture has kind of lived through in our world and also in the art world yeah I mean I think um surrealism feels very relevant right now because Definitely. um surrealism was born in the early 20s in the aftermath of the First World War yeah. and in its first stages it was very much a reaction to that conflict and a feeling of kind of horror at everything that had happened in Europe and around the world in the in the 1910s and so one of the things that I think is quite um, inspiring about surrealism is the sense that artists and writers and musicians had that their work could provoke big change um, and for the surrealists they wanted to affect like a mass shift of consciousness they weren't yeah. just interested in talking to each other they wanted to speak to everyone yeah. um, and so I think that sense of you know we're in another period where 
there are a lot of things in the world that drastically need to change. Um, And, you know, thinking about the role that art can play in that um, is very useful I think and sort of yeah. changing changing people's perspectives but also shocking them and yeah kind of mm. shocking them out of their complacency and mm. making them think about things differently definitely yeah so tip up next exhibition is going to be featuring a woman New Zealand woman artist so do you think that kind of contrasts or kind of continues those themes from surrealism yeah what do you <laughs> yeah so the the next exhibition is um Rita Angus yes um, and Rita Angus um, was a very committed feminist. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that is, I mean, her work is sometimes there are like lovely, strange, surreal moments in her paintings, but it's not really surrealist. But the mm. thing that um, I love about her is that she, throughout her life, had this very strong sense of her own unique power and perspective as a specifically as a woman artist. Um, And she believed very strongly that her work had the ability to shift things. You know that it could engage people and move them into a different way of thinking or way of looking. Mm -hmm. Um, And she wanted her work to kind of contribute to a feminist, pacifist future. Yeah. So, you know, and she's, I mean, Rita Angus was at art school in the late 1920s, so she's kind of roughly contemporary with a lot of the artists in the Surrealism exhibition, and she is grappling with some of the same issues around being a woman and the conservatism of the society that she lived in, Mm. um, but also contending with two world wars and a society that feels very corrupt um, with, you know, its values in the wrong places. And and again, she kind of sees her painting as a way through that. Definitely. Cool. Well, I wanted wanted to ask just quickly Mm. about the Surrealist exhibition, you know, because it's been on at Te Papa during Level 2 and lockdown and this and that. Do you think the exhibition was successful? And, like, what do you think maybe could have been done better or differently to make it an even better success? Yeah, it's been, I mean, it has been really successful in the sense that a lot of people have come to it. Mm. Um, And a lot of people have also, we haven't kind of fully finished our visitor testing yet, but from the things, the responses that I've seen, a lot of people have engaged with it in quite meaningful ways. So Mm. um, I think it, it has made people think about think about the world and you know think about the relevance of surrealism that's kind of come out through some of the visitor testing that we've done um I think for me one of the things that we tried to do with the exhibition was to extend some of the things that are missing in the show itself like the presence of women Mm. through the public program um and I worked with um a wonderful colleague called Benna Jackson, who developed this really rich program, which brought in um, some kind of big, big conversations about, you know, what were women doing and, and also tried to engage with young Wellington writers and kind of bring a whole other world around the show. And because of COVID, some of that programming has had to be cancelled. Mm. So for me, that's that's been a bit of a pity and that I think the the kind of rich conversations have been a little bit cut short sometimes because we haven't been able to um, physically have them. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, you know, and given how complicated the last few months has been, <laughs> um, we've had amazing visitor numbers mm. and people seem to be loving it. So yeah, it's been really and great. The other thing is like you know because of level two you have to limit how many people go yeah, to the exhibition yeah, yeah. for every yeah. um, time slot as well which you know I'm sure you could have got more people through the doors if you didn't have those limitations yeah. but it does make for a very lovely experience for visitors who are yep. in the galleries because <laughs> it's quite empty <laughs> in a good way <laughs> yeah well I guess that's all the time we have. Um, the Surrealism exhibition, like I said, has just closed. But if you didn't get to see it, you can look into it if you want. And the next exhibition coming up will be entirely centering Rita Angus, who was, of course, a New Zealand woman. So there's always more opportunities to support women in art. Lizzie, thank you so much for coming in today and thank talking you. to us about all of this. Uh, 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 uh,